Coming up, a mad romp through the Habsburg Empire. One woman pretends to be another with disastrous results. Plus our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. In the mid-19th century in Europe, there was no bigger celebrity than Empress Elizabeth of Austria. You can think of her as the Taylor Swift of the Habsburg Empire. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would make us the first people to think of her as the Taylor (laughs) Swift of the Habsburg Empire. She was very beautiful and glamorous, with exceptionally long, thick hair that she wore in double braids that were so heavy they gave her a headache. She spoke five languages and was strong-willed, intelligent, and curious. And she traveled to places like Morocco where other royals didn't go. I would like to have tea with this broad. Yeah. Her cousin, King Ludwig II of Bavaria, was known as the Mad King because of his perceived eccentricities. What were they, you might ask? He loved art, music, and beauty. You know that castle in Bavaria that inspired Disney's Sleeping Beauty Castle? Yeah. That beautiful, frosty-looking confection? Yeah. That was commissioned by Ludwig. How right was he about that castle, though? That castle went on to inspire literally millions of people. When they think of castle, they think of a shadow of his castle. That is correct. I wish he knew that. Yeah. So these two characters are the focus of the really delightful and sometimes sad book, Empty Theater, by Jack Gems. It's an imaginative retelling of the friendship between Empress Sisi of Hungary and King Ludwig of Bavaria. Now would be the time to tell you the subtitle of the novel. Okay. Are you ready? I don't know if you're ready. It's a doozy. Standing by. Okay. The full title is Empty Theater or... The Lives of King Ludwig II of Bavaria and Empress Sisi of Austria, Queen of Hungary, cousins, in their pursuit of connection and beauty despite the expectations placed on them because of the exceptional good fortune of their status as beloved national figures, with speculation into the mysterious nature of their deaths. (laughs) That poor book designer. (laughs) It's actually really brilliant. There's kind of a ribbon that is twisting around the cover of the book and the subtitle is printed on the spirals of the ribbon. That's amazing. That subtitle tells you exactly what the book is about. But I'm going to elaborate a little bit. Okay. Because Cece and Ludwig are royals, their lives don't really belong to them. To the world, the empress is primarily a beautiful vessel to create an heir. And the king is meant to be a strong masculine leader. Never mind that he has a deep affection for his stable master and would be happy left alone to enjoy the opera. But these two, cousins, to each other, they're just Cece and Ludwig. This book unravels like a grand adventure story while going on a tear through real 19th century history. I'm about 30% into the book, and I love it. I want to read a snippet from the prologue to give you a sense of the tone. Okay. Because it pulled me right into the story. Okay. Here we go. 40 years from now, Ludwig II will be murdered. But before that, because the story will unfold no differently if you learn the outcome now or later, because the ending will confound you no matter where it finds you. Because if you combine enough answers, they don't look much different than a question. It is best if you know now. Before Ludwig II is found dead, he will live with such a violence of feeling that his body will shake when he witnesses extreme beauty. 
Ludwig will invert his fortune by paying for operas he cannot afford. He will call for castle after castle to be built, never finishing a single one, his vision always outpacing the material world. This is after Ludwig has been named king at 18, a young man forced to rule too young, a romantic hero to the Bavarian people, crowned with a job he was not designed for. That's really good. It's so good. And then Cece gets a similar treatment when she's introduced. If you like a novel with a meta-narrator and you enjoy reading about spoiled royals who are also wildly sympathetic, get your hands on this book. It's Empty Theater by Jack Gems. My book is Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. The setup for this book is that you've got two authors. One is a famous, successful Asian-American woman named Athena Liu. And the other is a woman whose career is largely being ignored. And her name is June Hayward. She thinks she can't sell a book because she's a basic white girl. And then one day, June and Athena hang out, and Athena drops dead. Freak accident. And then June lifts Athena's most recent manuscript and publishes it as her own. That's uncool. Yeah. Under an ambiguous name, Juniper Song. That's the name. Complete with an ambiguously ethnic author photo. And then things get out of control. And every chapter is a train wreck, each one louder than the one before. The story veers into crime and horror, and the themes are written large. The book talks about white privilege and racism and cultural appropriation with a whole big slice of how publishing works now. Twitter and Bookstagram are almost characters in this book. The thing that attracted me was the writing. It's very slick. The book reads like a BuzzFeed article. It's full of pop culture references, and the text just kind of glides past my eyes, and then I'm three chapters further in and probably late for something. And heads up, none of the characters are likable. If that's important to you, this isn't your book. Yellowface wound up on a bunch of best-of-the-year lists, including one of our patrons. Hi, Gretchen. The New York Times book review called it viciously satisfying. It's Yellowface by R.F. Kuang. And now our distraction of the week. The turn of the year is approaching, and we thought it might be a good time to talk about reading resolutions. New Year's resolutions themselves are kind of a mix. Some people like them because they offer a fresh start and some focus and a little bit of goal setting, and they sort of add some shape to the year. Mm-hmm. Other people might set unrealistic expectations for themselves or worry about doing that, and still others prefer to avoid the whole all-or-nothing mentality. I am very grateful to Yoga with Adrian because I feel like it gives me a freebie built-in New Year's resolution, and all I have to do is show up for a little yoga every day. Yeah. That's my resolution every year, to do 30 days of Yoga with Adrian at the beginning of the year. That's nice, right? It's really nice. So we asked our patrons about their book reading resolutions, and I was expecting a lot of numbers. I intend to read 100 books this year, that kind of thing. And we got some of that, but we also got a lot of other ideas. Broadly, there were three different kinds of resolutions. There were resolutions about specific books. There were resolutions about the kinds of reading one might do. And finally, there are resolutions about the reading life itself. The resolutions about specific book titles talked about possibly daunting books. Mm -hmm. Erica wants to read War and Peace this year. Anna is looking at Don Quixote. 
One of our patrons wants to read Lonesome Dove in 2024. All of those are big books. The shortest of those three clock in at over 800 pages. Oh, I love a doorstopper novel. (laughs) There's something about reading the same book for like three weeks that I just find really rewarding. Although I have a major hangover at the end because I miss the voice of the book and the characters. That's cool. I like those. I like those resolutions. The long books that I've been able to get into have been very rewarding. Moby Dick. For me, I know Reem that's D. not for everybody. Reem D. Reem D by Neil Stevenson. We read that one together. Yeah, we pair read that. Do you have any doorstoppers you're wanting to read now? I'm halfway embarrassed, but also not at all embarrassed to admit that I'm very seriously contemplating listening to the Wolf Hall trilogy on audio again because I signed up for a read along, but it's a lot easier for me to squeak that in while we're doing Strong Sense of Place by listening to it on audio. Yeah. I've been thinking about reading Proust's In Search of Lost Time for... I can't tell if you're joking. Years, I'm not. Wow. Yeah. I have books that would help me read that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a good project. I like a project read where you yeah. have to like do a little bit of homework around the book yeah. to help get the most out of the reading experience. Yeah. Unclear when I'll have time to actually read that, but there you go. So there's that. Let's talk about resolutions about kinds of books. A couple of our patrons want to read more broadly this year. Candace wants to read, quote, authors from different backgrounds, different gender and sexual identities and different perspectives, which cheers to that. I'm definitely on board with that. Yep. Marlise has read 24 of the 47 Poirot books and wants to finish that series this year. That's a fun goal. Yeah. Many of our patrons said they wanted to be more mindful about reading books they already own. Yes. That is a problem. (laughs) Yes, can absolutely relate. Mm -hmm. Somehow the new book always gets the attention. My problem is kind of the opposite. I want to just keep rereading my favorites over and over. One of my bookshelves has all of my favorite books on it, and I could happily start at the left-hand side, read to the right, and then go back to the left and just do that all year long. Wolf Hall, all day, every day. Historian. Yeah. Jane Eyre. Finally, there were a few resolutions about the reading life. A couple of our patrons mentioned keeping a book journal this year. I've been doing that with the iPad for the last couple of years, and now as a part of my sort of regular reading life. I am frequently grateful to past me about that. I've been keeping a really simple journal since 2007, where I list the title, the author, how many stars I gave it, and just a couple words about maybe where it's set or what kind of book it is. And I was really impressed with myself. 2007 seems like a really long time. I heard from one of our patrons who's been keeping a journal about the book she reads since 1978. Wow. That's amazing. Like, I want to get into that thing like an archive and (laughs) analyze that data. That is so cool. Yeah. Louise talked about going to a murder mystery convention Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds like a lovely thing to do. We've talked about attending mystery cons in London and Iceland, and I'm hoping to hold on to hope there. I'll also say that if you're thinking about traveling somewhere and you happen to see that there's a book con there. Perfect excuse. Yeah. To go somewhere new. Yeah. Or a favorite place. Because you're not just going to the same place, you're going to the book con. Yeah. She says while thinking about Scotland. (laughs) Other people talked about dropping books they don't like quicker. I used to tough that out. And now if I'm 30% of the way into a book and having trouble bringing myself to it, I I press eject. 
Yeah, I need to pay more attention to that in 2024 because if I'm reaching for Twitter to watch Good Omens videos instead of picking up my book, I need to pick a different book. Right. And finally, I think this is a resolution we can all get behind. One of our patrons said they wanted to be more mindful of having a good time when they're reading. Aw, that's really nice. Yeah, is that? I what, like that. Yeah, and what a gift it is to read and to have some time. Do you have any reading resolutions this year? You know, I'm doing the opposite of what I usually do because every year I'm like, I read X number of books last year. Surely I can read two or three or five more this year. Right. But I've really been enjoying slowing down while I'm reading and really luxuriating in the story and letting the words wash over me instead of reading it to finish it. So my goal for 2024 is to be in the book and experience it as opposed to reading it to finish it. That's a really nice idea. We'll see how successful I am. I tend to tackle everything by how quickly can I get this thing done? Yeah. But it would be nice to have reading be a place where I don't do that. Regardless of your goals and whether you choose to have resolutions, may you have a very happy new year and may it be full of beautiful things to read and share. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more on the books we talked about today and more inspiration for your 2024 reading life. Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.